Now, years ago, I studied English at university, and one of the things they always taught us then when writing essays was those questions of why, what, who, how. And always the most difficult question was the how. And that's what we're going to look at today. How do we do church? complicated than it sounds and very occasionally a bit more interesting than it sounds too and a few years ago I had to work uh, as part of a team that was looking at the uh, transfer and investment side when people move their pension to us and we had to look at the whole process of them doing that because basically it just took far too long um, from the time that a member would contact us to say they wished to transfer and invest into the pension they held with us to that actually happening would actually take several months. And the idea was that we would look at the whole process and try and actually come up with something that was a lot better and actually that was a lot quicker because that was what the members were looking for. And we started from the standpoint of, well, actually what we need to do, we need to make sure is legal. Uh, but everything else we thought was just fair game to look at and think, well, actually, why is that process there? Why is that member having to fill in those forms and make those phone calls and do this and do that? You know, and things just took a long, long time. And actually, so, many, so much of the process that we looked at, the answers always came back, well, that's just the way that we've always done it. That part's in there just because that's always the way that we've done it. And of course, some of those things were the first things to go because they were unnecessary. And we managed to get the process down from actually several months to just a few weeks. I wonder actually when we look at the idea of how we do church, as I said, it's a difficult question to ask, how do we do church? But I just wonder actually, do we have things as part of our church that we do, that we've done, simply because we've actually just always done them that way. And some things, actually, that we've done for a long time, they're good things, they're good things that can stay and still be part of everything that we do. But actually, for things that we do and how we do church and the reason we do them, if it's just because we've always done them, that way, that's actually not a good enough reason. You see, when we think about how 
we do church as creatures of habit we just sink back into what we know naturally to what we've always done and that's the way we probably expect church to always be and I think it's worth repeating again that there's lots of things that we might do that we've always done and with some of those things that's great but we shouldn't be doing things in a certain way just because we've always done them like that we need to think back to what Martin and Helen have said over the past few weeks about the what the where and the who all that comes together in terms of answering what I still think is probably the hardest question of all in terms of how but all that has to be taken into consideration when we think about how we do church what who why it's all big questions to ask and we need to be asking ourselves individually as well as collectively uh, these very important questions I think when we ask ourselves the question how do we do church we often look to the early church to see how they did church and it's really interesting to look at all the Christians and the early disciples from all those years ago and see how they did things but I think actually when you look at the stories then um, it wasn't so much a case of them looking at how they did church their motivation I think actually stemmed from the what the who and the why and I think the how was actually as a result of those you see the Christians at the time we can see were filled with the Holy Spirit uh, today's Pentecost Sunday when we can remember that specifically but it was the why that was the most important because they were passionate followers of Jesus. They believed in his teachings. And that fundamental message that they believed in then is the same fundamental message that we still believe in today. That message that we've all done wrong, that the Jesus came, he died for us and he gives us hope with eternal life. Now the fact that message hasn't changed it's brilliant it's great news but maybe the way we communicate that message maybe the way that we are as church I would suggest has changed over the years and it's important to change over the years I wonder how the disciples would be in today's world how would they do church in today's world it wouldn't necessarily be the same as they did back then I wonder how they would use social media Social media has such a big voice in this world. It's so huge in this country. And of course, we want the church's voice, our church's voice to be heard in amongst that. As scary and as difficult as that might seem and as strange as social media might appear as a concept, we want the church's voice to be heard in amongst the other voices there too. But of course, it was all about relationships for the early church. They wanted to have, ultimately, that deep relationship with God, but also their relationships with the other people around them too. In the book of Galatians, Paul talks about what we call now the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I think I've got them. 
And those are known as the fruits of the Spirit. And Paul talks about how, as Christians filled with the Holy Spirit, these are the things that we all should have. And I think sometimes we mistake these for gifts. So we say, well, we're quite good at this. We're quite good at actually being patient, but we're not so good at being self-controlled. You see, we see them as gifts that are given to us instead of the characteristics, I think, which Paul is talking about here. You see, Paul's saying that as a Christian person, as somebody who is filled with the Holy Spirit, then these are the characteristics that we should be displaying. And you might ask, what has this got to do with that question we're asking throughout today of how do we do church? I think church, when we think of it as a collective, is actually fed by the individual responsibility that we all have to do better, to actually seek God in everything that we do, to build our relationship with God. And these characteristics that Paul sets out here in Galatians are the characteristics that we should all be striving for. I just want to read a few verses from the book of 1 Peter and from chapter 2. So starting at verse 4 it says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You see, the fact that God is working through us is the motivation and the strength that we need to do what we can for him. And when it comes to how we do church, actually, we need to try things out. We need to try things that are maybe a bit different. We need to not be afraid of making mistakes and getting things wrong. If we get things wrong, we try again but it has to be the right motivation with our hearts in the right place. And I think if God is working through us, then that's all the motivation that we need. Years ago, a youth leader said to his youth group members, why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were born to be different? And maybe that applies to us too. I think the most important thing we can be is distinctive. That is what is going to set us apart as people of God. And so just to look back over today, I would say the main things that we need to try and remember. Number one, let's not do things just because we've always done them that way. That in itself is not a good enough reason to continue doing things. Number two, to not worry if we make mistakes and get things wrong. The important thing is the motivation that we have and our hearts being in the right place before God. And number three, taking that personal responsibility to grow in our relationships with each other and with God and looking at those characteristics that we 
set out earlier that Paul talks about, the fruits of the Spirit, look at those characteristics that we need as Christian people to continue to grow. Thank you.